Before we start this episode, I'd like to acknowledge the traditional owners on the land on which we're recording this podcast, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation, and pay my respects to their elders, both past, present, and emerging. Always was, always will be, Aboriginal land. Hey, I'm Sam Squires. Welcome to On Her Mind, where we delve deep into the big issues affecting women in sport, providing thoughtful background analysis, insight and opinion. In this episode, it's a bonus part of my chat with former racing driver turned OnlyFans star, Renee Gracie. Now, if you haven't already listened to part one, please go back an episode and listen to Renee's fascinating story about her incredible rise in a very male-dominated and centric sport, the misogyny and trolling she experienced at the top, and the personal trauma endured when she found and saved her mum's life after a life-changing brain aneurysm. In this part of our chat, Renee and I talk candidly about her career on OnlyFans the difference between being sexual and being sexualized, and the shame society heaps on women who are sexual, as well as how that relates to younger women and the responsibility of social media apps to protect women. We pick up the podcast with my question to Renee about the sexualization of women in sport in the past. In the past, society has heaped a lot of shame on women for being sexual. And for flaunting that sexuality. Did you feel that as well from outside people that don't understand at all? Because the thing is, and to be honest, like at first I was a little bit challenged because I've known you for so long. I was a bit challenged at first with all these images, but I was kind of conditioned in an era when women in sport in particular, the only way they could get on the front page of a paper was if they were in some kind of raunchy, if they were sexualized in some kind of way. That was the only way women in sport or female athletes could get any coverage if they were sexualized. So then when I started seeing like yourself and young athletes, then, you know, being sexual themselves, I got a little confused at first. I was quite challenged because I adore you. I've known you for so long. And I was like, why are we doing what they did to us before? But I really came to the conclusion and, and had to think about it quite deeply. I thought, well, no, like, you're in charge here. You're in charge of your profile. You're in charge of of how you're portrayed. You have total control. And I came to realize there's a difference between being sexual, which is quite empowering, and being sexualized when you don't have a choice. Mm. Yeah, totally agree. So for me, the, the intention for my OnlyFans was never to obviously be like that. Sure, it was to show a little bit more and to actually upload bikini pics because I was way too scared to do that on my Instagram and, and mm. all that sort of stuff. But the intention was never to to be overly sexual at all. It wasn't until, and obviously being in racing, like I never wore shorts that were, you know, above my knees. I always wore jeans mm. and I always covered up and I, you know, had shirts with buttons and I made sure the top two buttons were up. And, you know, mm. if, if my manager thought my shirt was too tight, I'd have to go put another shirt on and, you know, it, all sorts of things I had to go through when I grew up as well. Being um, a young female, I was overly protected and and moulded into a way of how I should present and how I should look. Yeah. Um, yeah. And when I left racing, obviously, it took me a long time to realize I could actually do whatever I wanted. (laughs) For a full year after I finished racing, I was still living in what I felt like was a controlled environment when no one was controlling me. I, I wasn't. Yeah. I was doing what I You're thought. Conditioned that way, yeah, hundred percent. Right? Yeah. It was. It was the first year. I was still doing everything that I was doing when I was racing, and I didn't even have to. Mm. 
It wasn't mm. until after that where I realized I'm like, I literally can do whatever I want. No one's got to say yeah. anything. I'm not upsetting anybody. I have no signed contracts. I have no one to upset. If I post this photo, I'm not going to get a sponsor for me if and be you upset. Want to do it. Who cares? Like that is yeah. your own. Yeah. You have total control. No one's no one's telling you how to do stuff here. Yeah. It's, it's empowering, right? Yeah. You are a sexual person. That is empowering. You should be proud of your body and yeah. everything like that. And I never, I never knew how much I was conditioned in the beginning. And it wasn't until yeah. obviously OnlyFans become about and I was obviously doing all of the OnlyFans stuff and it was progressing and it was the, the fans and the people were making me feel better about myself. Like I was showing mm-hmm. myself in a bikini photo. Like no one's ever seen a photo of me in a bikini up until I started my, my OnlyFans. And then mm. I would have just never have in my life ever taken a photo of myself in a bikini. That was just mm. me standing in front of a camera in a bikini. Mm. I might have been in the pool where the water's covering me or I would have like, sure. you know, been covering mm. or I might have been in the pool with the dogs, but you can't see anything. So for me to do that stuff was just like, for me, I was just like, oh, my God, this is a bit hardcore <laughs> at the time. That mm. was my thought process. I mean, compared to what I do now, you would struggle to believe that I think that. But I did think that at the time. I'm like, this is full oh, on. Conditioned to be self-conscious about our bodies exactly. in some kind of way. Was that what was going on? That's exactly it. I was, I was scared to show people what I looked like in a bikini because no one had ever seen it before and I just felt like mm. I wasn't allowed to show it. And mm. and when I was doing it, I almost felt like naughty. I'm like, oh, I'm doing something so bad. Like mm. no one's ever done this before. Like I've never done this before. This is so crazy. And people mm. are paying to see me in a bikini. Like it was, it blew my mind. Mm. And then it wasn't until I started doing that where it was just the empowerment that I felt from it and the way my fans would make me feel. I had never had so many people. Obviously, when I was racing, yes, I was sexualized in some ways and other ways, but no one would ever really come up to me. I think because I was a young girl as well, and no one would really come up to me and go, oh, my God, so, you look so good today. You're so beautiful. No one would ever mm. say that. But it was like when I was mm. in this environment of OnlyFans, people would actually start saying, you look really good mm. or, you know, that looks really good. Sure, you get guys who would obviously say, you know, your boobs look great and whatever else, mm. which I had never heard before either. So I'm like, oh, my God, right. they do look good. Yeah. Why am I covering them up? And people were starting to actually compliment saying, you know, you're you're beautiful and you, I didn't know you had green eyes. You, your eyes are so beautiful. And just things started coming in and I'm just feeling great from posting it. I mm. never... I started very slow with my OnlyFans and how I progressed was just showing things that I felt comfortable showing. And I, in mm. the way that I did it, I never did it in an order or in a way where I showed or have done anything I've regretted. Everything, right. the way I felt about everything has led me to do what I'm doing now. And it's purely mm. because of, you know, showing those bikini photos and then showing less and less and less and less in a way that I felt comfortable in an mm-hmm. environment I felt comfortable, which was only fans mm-hmm. and people could only see it if they were paying. And most of those people are nice and very mm. rarely ever got nasty things, if ever. Um, and it was just such an empowering journey that mm. what's led me to where I am today, where I just, yeah. I'm naked all the time, yeah. Yeah, that's quite different. (laughs) The only other side to this, and I want to get your viewpoint on it and I want to break it down because I don't, like we're talking about, and I I truly believe that there's a difference between sexualized and being sexual and we shouldn't be, the shame in the past that we've shown on women, heaped on women for being sexual, I believe is wrong. The other side of it, I've got a lot of friends with teenage daughters um, and a good friend of mine is a teacher at a um, at a, a private school, actually, not that it makes any difference, but a, at a high school. And she talks about the problems about girls and young girls taking 
nude photos and then they send those off, if they get disseminated, essentially they're underage, essentially under the law now that comes on as dissemination of, of child pornography. For young girls, I, I'm kind of torn because I'm like, I don't want you to feel shame about your body and about you being sexual when you're of age. Mm-hmm. But to take nude pics and things like that, you know, you can get into a lot of problems if you're if you're underage at this stage. Uh how do you break that down? How do, what would your message be to, to young girls who, you know, are starting to understand their sexuality? Yeah, so for me it's, it's one of those things because I never, I never did any of that. So for me it's how it happened. You know, I started taking these photos. I was 24, 25 when I was doing it. Mm. When I was younger I was in a position where I would never have even dreamed to ever have a naked photo on my phone of me. The thought of mm. that would have made me want to shrivel up and die, like just like mm. escape from the world and die. I just could not have thought of anything yeah. more gross and scary for me because that's mm. how I was trained and that's how I was taught. Um, yeah. I just I never looked at myself naked in the mirror. I was towel wrapped around me. I just never had that relationship with my body that mm. I actually felt confident enough to ever take a photo because I was told mm. not to take photos and I was told that it was disgusting to show too much cleavage and all the rest of it. So I naturally thought it was wrong. Um, mm. So I couldn't, I can, I don't think I can ever really relate to how these girls are doing it now and how they're feeling. I do feel like saying, obviously, I feel like if a young girl actually feels good in her body enough to take a photo, that is mm. probably a lot better than how I used to feel about my body. I'm like, mm. like it's obviously one or the other. Sure, there needs to be protections and stuff in place. I think a lot of the apps that we use need to have more control um, mm. over what we, we use. I know with the technologies and stuff that are in place, why can't Instagram pages where someone is under the age of 18 just literally be blocked from everybody who is over the age of 18? Like mm. why can't it just yeah. be that simple? Why can't there be an underage TikTok and why can't there be an overage TikTok? Like yeah, point, yeah. line, done. Like it's there's no yeah. questions to be asked. The people yeah. who interact with each other are people who are, you know, underage and they're all kids, they're all watching each other's stuff and whatever else. I feel like there's enough technology and stuff in place now that, these apps could be taking more responsibility, but they, mm. they don't because of the money and stuff that's involved. But mm. I feel like to, to really understand what a, a current kid's going through, and even girls in my school and stuff, sure, lots of girls, you know, there was plenty of times where photos and stuff got sent around. But for me, I just feel like I wish that I could ever, have ever felt like that about my body in the beginning. I just I mm. never could have ever imagined being 15, 16, 17, being that confident in my own skin. Mm. And I definitely don't think that should be frowned upon or shunned upon because I think that led me to a lot of things that I've had to get done to fix that, like getting all of my surgeries and getting tattoos and doing all of these mm. things to feel better in my skin because I was told that basically from a young age the skin that I was in should be hidden and it's, you know, frowned upon and mm. this, this and this. So I definitely don't think the light should be taken off any young female who is who feels that confident in her skin whatsoever. Mm. I think that's amazing. Um, and it's something that I sort of, you know, almost envy because I do think that my – not that my life would have been different, but I do think there would have been a lot of tough times in my life that probably wouldn't have happened if I actually was just a little bit more confident in myself. Mm. Um, if that nude pic gets into the wrong hands, as it so easily can, and that's it, it's and just, can cause incredible pain and problems and 
Yeah, it's just legalities as well. Really like, putting that into, and how do you get that across to a teenager at the same time? To of the the severity of photos like that, as so you can't you can mm. speak to teenagers about that stuff. So if you were to talk to me about that at the time, obviously for me, I would have never have done it. But I was stubborn on other things too, so I could only imagine how hard that conversation would be to have with a teenage girl. So it's it's obviously a lot of stuff that needs to happen, even in the education systems and schools and and on apps mm. and stuff. I just feel like there are so many avenues and ways to go about it. I feel like it's something that's just not really um, spoken about, talked about, and and really probably where action needs to be taken or has been taken towards making sure that stuff like this doesn't happen. For a boy, it's completely different. I remember boys used to send, you know, naked photos and dick pics to each other all the time at my school and people mm. would walk around with them on their phones and laugh at them like it's funny. Mm. Like it's like, oh, did yeah. you see this? Ha, ha, ha. And it was just like it was because it was a boy. It was a joke. It was just hilarious, you know. Mm. Um, you know, they'd take, take photos of each other in the change rooms and just be idiots and one's got his bum out on the window and everyone's laughing about it. But if it was a girl to do that, obviously it's a completely different story so mm. yeah I don't think it's anything I think it's me personally based on everything that I do now I think it's truly amazing to have young females you know feeling confident in their body and not being disgusted by who they are and what they have I think mm. that's a great thing something that I envy um, and wish that I had sooner but obviously it's how those conversations come about and how things are put in place to make sure that you know these things aren't getting out there and and the technologies and the apps that they use are blocking them from ever being able to do any of this you know parental controls and all sorts of things are in place but are they really you know up okay. there yeah are they really up there mm. in regards to what's possible mm. would you tell a girl be proud of yourself but if you're underage, no? Mm. Or would you go that far? Yeah, if you're underage, definitely, especially oh, it's me personally, I think it would be a great person to speak to a young girl about that because I've seen the creeps and the weirdos and I know the predators and the people that are out there. And, mm. you know, even when I raced, I had a stalker. So I've I've had moments in time of being scared and I get it. I get the dangers of what's out there completely. And, um, mm. you know, I see TikToks and stuff with young girls all the time and I just think when I watch the TikToks, the men who would be watching this, preying on this poor young girl just doing a dance to a, you know, yeah. a trend, I just I cringe because yeah. I know what's out there. So, yeah, it's not nothing to be ashamed of yourself and of your body and especially around your girlfriends. You know, I used to be really nervous about getting naked in front of my friends. Like mm. <laughs> now I don't yeah. care. Now, now I'm fine. Yeah. But now. Know, <laughs> nothing to be ashamed of. We're all the same. We're yeah. all girls and we've all seen it before. We're all going to see it. Yeah. But, yeah, definitely that underage thing. It's, uh, yeah, if they were to really understand and know what the dangers are out there and to really understand it maybe like I do now and some especially girls in this industry do, I reckon that mm. they would probably – be a lot more cautious, a lot more cautious. Mm. Do you ever think of how long you'll continue to do OnlyFans? Do you have, you're not someone, I don't, I think that does something as they go. I, 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 in my head, I think you have a plan. Do you have a plan <laughs> of how long you want to do it for? Or Yeah, well, the, and, plan, the plan wasn't to be here three years later, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> it's just, it's one of those things. I think I'm lucky enough that my OnlyFans now is has been so successful for so long. It's really something that um, I've done everything on it and it still continues to be successful. It still continues to do the same things. Sure, I have good months, I have bad months, but my good months and bad months are still great and, and I don't and I'll never complain. I think it, it really could be something that I could probably do for the next 
five years, whether obviously it tapers off and drops away, I still think I'll have a, a, a substance or a, a page that will still earn money, probably just not to the same capacity mm. that it does now. But as for now, I honestly love it. It's one of, it's probably the most amazing, interesting industry I've ever been involved in, amazingly, yeah. even though motorsports is pretty up there. Um, yeah. I, yeah. Think, I think it's incredible. I think it's empowering. I love meeting other girls. It's taken me to America. It's taken me, mm. met people around the world. It's taken me to places that I literally would have never have been, people that I have never met before from all walks of mm. life. I have met just so, so many people. Just even Could you do online. it when you're 50 though? I'd probably be over it by then. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if, I, if I started, if I started three years ago already, and I started at twenty-four and I'm doing it, then I'd be pretty over it. Yeah. So, but for me, there's no real progression either. I, I definitely, it's not I'm not getting into porn or anything like that. I love that it's mm. on OnlyFans. It's all online. I can create my own content with who I want to. I've got some mm. really good girlfriends and friends who I'm best friends with. Connections that I never thought I would make at this age in my mm. life either. Um, purely just from being on OnlyFans and meeting girls where we have some similarities in common. Mm. and you know it's something that I just you know even if I didn't do it anymore I would still have all those connections but for now it's you know we're all still making content having mm -hmm. fun traveling doing all these things but yes I do have plans and goals to achieve to to sort of leave but I really do think the best of my OnlyFans page and sort of everything I've got going on isn't actually over yet so mm. I'm, I'm, I'm excited mm. to see what's to come. Um, and I think that will sort of, the, the things that I'm sort of hoping and wanting, I think will propel me into my end game 